Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. A uh, good Saturday morning to you here on April 4th, baseball fans. It is inside the clubhouse with me, Matt Spiegel, and him, Bruce Levine. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, Matt, and uh, a little dreary day out there, but we hope to brighten it a little bit for you. Some baseball talk, some great baseball people in the game are joining us as well, and Matt and I are here for you at 312-644-6767. Uh, we want to know uh, your thoughts about how you're filling your time with uh, baseball? Is it uh, baseball movies? Is it baseball information from the past? Is it keeping up with everything in baseball that we're going to be talking about? 312-644-6767. Text Matt at 67011. It was an odd week. I mean, they're all odd these days. I think um, uh, these past two weeks have been a really strange 10 years, is how Stephen Colbert put it on Twitter. Made me laugh. Um, it just... Because everything just feels so weird in the world. But, you know, this week I listened to baseball on the radio right here on the score as we're doing these interactive rebroadcasts of the Cubs playoff run in 2016. And there's another one tonight at 5 o'clock. It's NLDS Game 4 of Cubs-Giants. I caught some the other day, and it was like, oh, my God, I'm listening to baseball on the radio. And I was, and my just all the juices that got flowing to my brain and my heart for a moment. And even though it was a game I knew what happened, Bruce, it, it, it worked for me. Um, so so that, that's been one thing that's been very interesting about this week is having games on the score has been interesting. Even though we don't talk nostalgia on the score that often because uh, we, we talk history of baseball, of course, but we don't go into way back machine very often because we stay in the current news making in. Uh, it's something that I still value just like you. <laughs> I, I, I look forward to the idea of uh, going back to these games that I covered, uh, like game four tonight of that exciting Giants series and looking like the Cubs were going to have to come back to Chicago, face Johnny Cueto in a game five and then yep. pulling that game out. That was, to me, maybe the most thrilling game uh, going into uh, game seven of the World Series in the entire 17-game playoff run that we're running here on the score. So uh, really, really fun stuff. And uh, let's admit it, you know, we're baseball junkies. We have to have our fix, and this is certainly one way to get it. But 
you know, there are other things going on out there. We want to talk to you about it. And uh, Matt, you know, uh, Evan Geddes, uh, you know, the, uh, the former catcher for the uh, Houston Astros that came out on a uh, podcast and talked a little bit about the fact that uh, Mia culpa, we a culpa, uh, the Astros were wrong. He's taken this uh, story just a little bit more. He's advanced it a bit. Yeah, he definitely has. Um, and by the way, the, later on in the show, Peter Gammons is going to join us at the bottom of the hour at 930. Um, your friend John Rooney, uh, longtime partner of Ed Farmer, will join us at the top of the hour, 10 o'clock. And then Ron Coomer uh, later on next hour as well at 1040, talks some baseball and some non-baseball. Um, and also p- people will hear from Tim Anderson who had a teleconference yesterday. Well, you'll hear a little bit of that and hear what a ball player is 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 feeling like and and dealing with in this in this odd moment um, that we're all in. Um, and and I want I want to talk about Ed Farmer with you, Bruce, because I thought you wrote um, a, a beautiful column um, about your relationship with with Ed. And um, so we will we will and should talk about that with folks at three one two six forty four. 6767. You can text us at 67011. Um, but to your point about Evan Gaddis, if folks didn't hear it, he was on a podcast with The Athletic, uh, the podcast called 755 is Real. And among other things, he said, I'm not asking for sympathy or anything like that. If our punishment is being hated by everybody forever, then like, whatever. And I don't know what should have been done, but something had to be effing done. He says, We cheated the game. We cheated the game for sure. Um, and uh, he, he, he admits that and, and came out strong. Like the situation was powerful. Like you work your whole life to try to bleep and hit a ball. And you mean, you can tell me what's coming? What? Like it's a powerful thing and there's millions of dollars on the line and bleep. So he tried to have uh, some, some honesty towards it while thoroughly admitting that they cheated the game. Yeah, you're, you're right, Matt. And he went on to say, we don't look at it moral compass and say this is right. Um, you know, he said it was almost like paranoia warfare or something. But we did what, what we did was wrong. Don't get it twisted. It was wrong for the nature of competition, not even just baseball. So it's, it's a mea culpa. But, you know, Matt, uh, too little, too late from a guy that just retired from the game. Uh, how, how do you look at it? Yeah, well, it, it, it's it's a little... Certainly, it's it's convenient to have the honesty when you're retired and when you're out of it. But I I, I welcome the honesty. It's the most it's the most um, uh, a forthright that anybody's been uh, talking about it. There are no caveats. The extended quotes are really interesting because he talks about how AJ Hinch didn't want them to do it, but so it goes. Talks about how Beltran didn't force them to do it, but it's powerful. All your life, you try, like, he lets you in on the mindset. There's something understandable that doesn't lessen the blow for me, but I like when they share it. And I guess I've always felt that way about PEDs, when, when like, when guys can say, look, I, I was sorely tempted, and they're being honest with you and letting you know what it is. I, I, I appreciate those efforts to try and let you into the realities of the situation. Yeah, you, know, you know, Matt, it's almost like a serpical thing. If you go back to that old film that's still being shown uh, recently here on Showtime, about a uh, New York City police detective who comes on as a young officer and sees all the scandal that's going on in New York of a policeman on the take, and he didn't want to be a part of it, and how uh, he, he blew the whistle and uh, it almost cost him his life. Uh, as uh, this 
this goes on. It, it's not as serious as that because nobody's life's in danger, but nonetheless, it shows you the power of the group ahead of you. And hmm. to your point about the fact that um, people just weren't uh, in a position to tell them not to do it, even the manager who uh, showed disdain for it but still had no power to stop it, which is interesting all in itself. Yeah, no, that's, that's for sure. I, um, you know, it, it, they're going to get a, a, an opportunity here to have time served. The guys in charge with A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lunau are going to get an opportunity here. Like, even if this, the season is a, is a full skip or if there's part of a season, it's going to go down where Lunau and Hinch will have served their time suspension-wise and be eligible to come back. And this, this whole story... You know, you don't say that the Astros are, are are relieved or thankful to have what's going on in our lives, in the world, and in the news. They're not thankful, but boy, it is it is a reprieve of the focus and the venom that the baseball world would have for them. It really, we all have bigger things to worry about right now. It's very true, uh, but don't you think it's they're going to come back and it's and it's going to be just as bad for them once they come back? I mean. We're all dying for baseball, and, and everybody will be thankful for it when it comes back. But these guys are still the anti-heroes. You know, there's still that conversation, should they have forfeited the championship? Should they be forced to uh, give their, uh, you know, their winnings, you know, which is significant, somewhere around $300,000 each, to charity, you know, to, to show the, the, that they're really uh, sorry about this and to be able to show a real meaning Forward going forward, so th- there's there's still a lot of ground to go, to grow, but uh, you're you're right for the time being, for the time being, uh, they get a reprieve just like everybody else when we're all uh, searching and and looking for that game to come back. Yeah, I've been wondering, Bruce, like when and if a team is going to consider hiring these guys, hiring Hinch or hiring Beltran or hiring uh, Alex Cora, these incredibly respected guys around the game who suddenly are out and on on the beach. And it reminds me of when the PED guys started resurfacing as hitting coaches. Mark McGuire in St. Louis, Barry Bonds in Miami, Roger Clemens was a special assistant in Houston. I think I think Hinch will be back in the game at some point. Whether they should be or not is a separate question, but history will history says that those guys will be back in the game at some point. Matt, but would you hire him as a manager, knowing that uh, is as good of a reputation no. and as good a guy, yeah, a guy as he is, he still no. had no control over his team. Yeah, and and, and admitted as much. No, I, I, he can't. He can't be the face of your team, and he can't be the uh, the ethical and moral center of your team, uh, the atmosphere provider. I, th- I don't think you can trust him to be that ever again. 312-644-6767, that's our number. Uh, your remembrances of our good friend Ed Farmer, and we'll talk to John Rooney about that at the top of the next hour, and with you as well. Uh, we're also talking about what you're doing to get your baseball fix during these very difficult times for everybody in our world. Yeah, Ken Rosenthal wrote last night about baseball, considering these ideas, Bruce, of playing in empty stadiums and playing with no fans. And when you really start to think about the logistics of it, it gets, I mean, I fight cynicism with every core of my being every day. Um, But at this point, 
it, it, what I mean, the chances of there not being any baseball at all this year are are high. What are we? What are we? Fifty-fifty? If we got us, like, is there a season of any kind? Is there not? As as I read Kenny's thoughts on how it would work, it's just I'm having trouble imagining society kind of re and you know re restarting itself and right. and really in, in in any way and not just about fans but like. Mm-hmm. You'd have to put these players in a hotel room somewhere. So does that mean the hotel workers all live at the hotel or do they go home? And if the hotel workers go home for a day and one of them gets sick and comes back and gives it to somebody, then the whole thing's shut down again. You know, it's a, it's just hard for me to conceive how it how it could work at this point. So taking some of your information that you had earlier in the week, you know, about, you know, possibly playing in Los Angeles for the playoffs, the World Series there, and the yeah. idea they play 100 games. Uh, you know, talking to a couple of baseball executives this week, I found out there's upwards of 15 different models that they're talking about as far as uh, the time element. It's all based on time element and what they would have left with us not knowing when it's going to be all clear for even small groups, as you mentioned, 50 people in a group in a clubhouse on a daily basis. When is that going to be okay? A to our officials, our president, our governors, our mayors, uh, health officials, and B, when is it going to be more acceptable to the players themselves as individuals, and what kind of risk are they going to be putting themselves at and that kind of concern? So there are a lot of uh, hurdles to be jumped over here. Hopefully, uh, we'll have more answers uh, as we uh, continue to abide by the rules, and hopefully this uh, calms down over the next month and uh, or two so that uh, we can have a semblance of talking about sports and active sports once again. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's really interesting to think about. Of course, there are, you know, 10 or 15 different models, 15 different models. It, it makes sense to consider everything, all the possibilities, really, really be open, you know, to 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 any possibility. And you have to have those talks and be ready. You got to prepare. Um, it reminds me on a on a micro level of of the public schools here, you know, it's like my son is out of out of CPS, Bruce, and I'm told at least until April 21. Well, I, I know it's going to be longer than that, but it's good to know that he's out at least until April 21 and I've got a plan. And I, I don't know how long, but like you need to be thinking about how to be ready to live our lives and, and, and do what you got to do. It's just the oddest time um, imaginable. Creativity is where it's at, Matt. I mean, yeah. in, in every walk of life, look, look what the, the radio station's doing here to, to stay current. They're, they're keeping us on uh, you know, these shows to keep people with, uh, up, updated on information that's happening, like we're doing right now, and uh, our, our hosts during the week. And uh, they're also playing these retro games to keep people uh, interested in, uh, in the sports that they love and remind them of yep. better times. I mean, what, what could be better than that? Yeah, no, it, it's it, it it's just such an odd, uh, an odd week. I mean, yesterday was the first day for me anyway, of t-shirt and shorts on the couch on the balcony. That, that it was like it was nice enough to do that. My wife took a nap on the balcony couch yesterday on a beautiful sunny day, and there should have been baseball on to go with it, and there wasn't. But it's but it was still sunny, and you you like you hold on to whatever little things you can at this point. Um, Bruce, would you share with people a little bit of of your relationship with it with Ed Farmer? Because I 
I, I mean, I, look, I, I've, I've known him um, uh, just a little bit over the past, you know, 10, 15 years, and it was always so warm and so welcoming in that booth, especially, you know, with Paul Zarang, who's a wonderful guy, and Darren Jackson. It's just, it, it was such a, a wonderful social experience to visit every single time I was ever press level at a White Sox game. But but you, you and Ed go back very far, or went back very far, and obviously your, your relationship ran deep. So let people know what kind of guy he was. Well, yeah, and thanks for talking about the, the story I wrote on 670 The Score. I, I got a lot of positive uh, feedback on that. And it was, a, it was a difficult story to write because of uh, you know being friends with Ed for such a long time and the special person that he was. We always mourn uh, friends that we miss. But uh, Ed was such a unique person. I met him for the first time when he was uh, with the Phillies back in 1983. He was with them the early part of the year. And uh, we, you know, I went up to him and told him I was a fellow South Sider, and uh, we got to talking. And from that point, uh, I didn't see him much. He skipped around before he became a, a scout uh, with the Orioles uh, toward the end of the 80s. And then uh, I would see him at different ballparks, and we would talk. He hated going to Wrigley Field. I remember one day in particular, um, saying, said, you know, I'm here to look at, you know, blank the pitcher, but Bruce, I got to tell you, I hate Wrigley Field. You know, I mean, he was the tried and true White Sox fan from the South Side that back in those days, you know, as you know, Matt, um, you, you loved one side, you hated the other. And that went that went double for White Sox fans, I think, at that time. But nonetheless, as we uh, progressed forward, you know, he got the job uh, working with Ron Schuler as an assistant and then segued into being uh, the uh, uh, color commentator with John Rooney. And what a sensational combination they were for the time that they were together they were outstanding uh up and th through from 1991 all the way through uh um 2005 in the world series with their last broadcast together the game game four of that world series in houston so uh you know my relationship with him was you know it was not unique because when ed had friends and people that he cared about um he gave you so much he gave you so much back. Um, and uh, he expected as much from you as a friend as well. Like I said, he was the most connected guy I've ever met in my entire life. Presidents, he could get you uh, into, he could get you in Italy, he could get you to Rome, and he could get you to see the Pope if uh, if he needed to. I, I'm, I'm serious. He got me to be able to uh, talk to George W. Bush in two days when I needed to do a story about him. Uh, Ed was... Uh, revered and loved by so many people and uh, his personality and his uh, intellect was unique with his illness. I mean, we could go on for a long time here, uh, Matt, I'm not going to uh, do that. I'll let John Rooney talk more about this at the top of our next hour as they shared their partnership for many years um, broadcasting. But again, um, sorely missed and we will take also your phone calls on Ed Farmer and his impact on you as well as a fan at 312-644-6767. This hour is brought to you by Team Hochberg. Visit their new website, 56david.com. That's 56david.com. An absolutely brilliant guy who became so smart about the kidney disease that he suffered from, that he inherited from his mom, that Harvard University wanted him to lecture there, wanted him to... To, to speak to people because he knew it from the patient's perspective as well as 
as as anybody uh, yeah. as anybody they'd, they'd ever encountered. Just and and you could tell what a brilliant what a brilliant guy he was. I I, I remember so often being in conversation with him, Bruce, during the commercials between half innings. And he would turn back and hit the mic at the very last second before the game would begin and sound seamless as he just returned to the game. And as yeah. soon as the half inning ended, he turned around and picked up the conversation exactly where it was as if nothing else had taken place. Just amazing. You know, it's great that, that you point that out, Matt, because there was not a nervous bone in Ed Farmer's body, one of the most confident, competent people that I've ever met. Uh, he was just such a, uh, a fantastic guy. I mean, he could have... As he was talking to you down the line, Matt, he could have 12 people behind him, friends of his <laughs> that were in the booth, all eating yeah. food from the Bartucci brothers or all, all eating food from Levy at that point uh, because uh, he would have a uh, Ed Farmer fest every day with friends up there while he was doing his broadcast. And no one would know about it except those people and all those friends that he had. So he could do like three, four things at a time, multitask as well as anybody I know. And as you said, so seamlessly, he goes right back to uh, the play-by-play, uh, you know, going back to his broadcast. So again, uh, just a, a terrific guy and uh, one of the most competent people I've ever met in my life. 670, the score is where you are. You can dial it up at 312-644-6767. Texter's getting in at 670-11. Happy to hear you guys on the air. Was worried this show was going to get cut. No, we are here. We are here. And Hit and Run is here tomorrow morning. um, That's for sure. And as as we've learned, baseball, Major League Baseball, non-essential to baseball conversation. A lot to talk about. A lot to get into. Looking forward to our guest today, Ron Coomer, later on at 1040. John Rooney, as you mentioned, at 10. And we'll come back and talk to Peter Gammons, Bruce. It's going to be uh, fun because Peter has been through the wars for over 50 years. And he'll have some insight for us as well as we talk to the Hall of Famer, Peter Gammons. That's coming up next right here on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there. 
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. It's a unique time in the world. There is no sports. We're all working with what we have. And at least what we have in terms of baseball is the most documented, the longest-lasting most detailed archive of any sport ever played, Bruce. I, I, I say that I say that confidently. I mean, 162 games or 154 games before that, going back to the turn of the 20th century and before, all available for us on Baseball Reference, on RetroSheet, uh, BaseballAlmanac.com, endless websites, so many channels playing games. I mean, no one's got the history and the volume of it like baseball. At least we have a lot to work with in that you way. You know, it's, it's interesting you bring that up, Matt, because baseball is the game and has been, you know, as America's pastime going back to 1876. Now, you know, people argue over the last 25 or 30 years that it's been passed by football and in some people's minds, the other sports. But the, the, the history of the game is what's always kept it so essential because Dropping back to history and using comparatives to look at players uh, still, you know, the comparisons between the Babe Ruth and the Lou Gehrig's and the Albert Pujols's and the Mike Trout's, still fascinating stuff. You don't hear that in football. You, I mean, you, you hear it with Michael Jordan, you know, once in a while being compared to LeBron. We understand that. But with baseball, you have this continuity always going on about, you know, could the greats of that day still play in this day and age and the the great commentary and statistical background to be able to support it and over the last 45 years now we have the audio and video to go along with it as well we always had radio audio which is great now we have the the tv part of it since the uh, 70s of people actually holding on to and keeping those games viable to go back and look at so uh to me that's what's always made uh, baseball the fascinating sport that it is yeah, no, absolutely, and it's all there available for us. And some of the some of the items that are out there. I mean, you could. I I, I did three quizzes the the other day, Bruce. Like, to answer a question you threw out there about like ways you're dealing with it. I guess the other day was the 19th anniversary of the debut of both Ichiro Suzuki and Albert Pujols, and there was a 10 question quiz on MLB.com, and just sitting there and seeing how I could do. And I I did okay. I think I was. Seven out of ten, and a couple of those were lucky guesses. But just there, there's so much to look back on, and um, and we need it. Uh, thank God, yeah. and we need it right now. Uh, was, that's uh, that's for I'm, sure. I was reading a 2002 Street and Smith baseball yesterday. Okay, <laughs> and it was talking about the first years of Pujols and Ichiro, right? It was talking uh-huh. about it was talking about yeah. Why do I even have it? Don't don't go there. Okay, don't go there. Yeah. Don't, because you, you don't want to know, you know, what my archives are all about. But in, in oh, reality, yeah, yeah. 
it was, uh, you know, they were talking about these breakout years for these guys, and, you know, how can you project them going forward? Oh, yeah, Pujols looks like he's, will he be able to repeat that fantastic rookie year? Will Ichiro be able to do it? Those, you know, some, some things that you do to pass the time right now, and, you know, it shows, you know, at least in my life, how baseball has had such a great impact, and uh, how lucky I've been to be able to share some of that uh, energy and uh, you know expertise with people over the years. I'm, I'm really fortunate to have been put in that position. It, it has always been there for us to help mark the time and be our companion. And it is not now, but we have the past to delve into um, and have, have never needed it more than, than we have right now. It's a, inside the clubhouse on 670 to score. He is Bruce Levine. I am Matt Spiegel. And our next guest joins us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. The Hall of Fame writer and broadcaster and good friend Peter Gammons joins us on a Saturday morning on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Peter. Thank you for taking some time out today. Good morning. I, uh, I kind of miss uh, clubhouses, but um, um, <laughs> we all have responsibilities to one another, so it's... Uh, it's uh, actually I live on Cape Cod, so it isn't a bad thing because I can go out and walk for an hour and a half, two hours, and not speak to anybody. So it's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, you're right. In some ways it is, and in some ways it's not, Peter. Uh, you know, uh, Matt, I I asked Peter yesterday when I asked him to come on, knowing Peter's uh, taste for reading and history, uh, what he was reading. Peter, go ahead and tell us. What you're, what you've been reading right now to uh, well, well, I, educate I, yourself? I finished. It's a great book. Um, but by his last name is Desjardins, but um, it's 1918 uh, plague, war, World Series, and it's about. It's written by someone who's from New England. Great deal. Of, uh, the deals. The beginning deals with. The Red Sox winning the World Series in 1918 with Babe Ruth and all those people, and how the World Series started on the 5th of September because of the uh, of the war. And there's a great deal that goes into the war and people that, that went to, to war from New England and so forth, and and people in baseball that went. Um, but at the same time, that was the month that the, the so-called Irish flu which was, didn't come from Ireland, it actually came from an army base in Kansas, um, started, which was still the greatest plague in American history. And so it's an absolutely incredible month, that September of 1918, to think of going into World War One, the Red Sox winning the World Series, and enduring the plague. I grew up in a small town called Groton, Massachusetts, which when I was growing up in the 50s was... 2,000 people, maybe 2,500. Um, but in 1918, one of the biggest army bases in the country was Fort Devens, Camp Devens then, which was in air, which was like seven miles from where I grew up. And um, at one point in the month of September, 1,500 of the 2,500 people who lived in air were um, in the hospital with, with the plague. So it's wow. uh, it's kind of a... It's a. Um, it's very relevant to what what life is like now. It's very well written, and it's absolutely fascinating to see what happened uh, in this country uh, 102 years ago. 
Well, it, it's, it, it is instructive, right? I, I remember just reading a little bit about 1919, the baseball season, when they were going to have to shorten it. I think they played 140 games, Peter, and, and, and they were thinking that people wouldn't go to the ballpark because after, after the flu, but instead they set attendance records because people were starved for the game, uh, if, if memory serves. And that, that, that's certainly what we're going to see. It, if there is any baseball of any kind this year, July, August, just playoffs in a World Cup format, anything, I think people will go bananas to have it back in our lives like we haven't seen. I think they will if they're watching it on television. I'm not so sure people are going to be quick to go back in a large crowd, particularly when there is so much warning that when the cold weather comes back in November, that this yeah. flu won't come back. And that is a serious danger to baseball. And and, uh, and going indoors, people say, well, play in, in uh, 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 ballparks where they have roofs. Well, um I'm not so sure people are going to be going indoor. I think it's something that the NBA and NHL uh, face a reality that's very serious. There is one thing that's really, furthermore, tying together 1918 to 1919. The Red Sox and their and their team leader, a Stanford graduate named Harry Hooper, a Hall of Famer, um, they almost forfeited the World Series because the owners made and it was more Major League Baseball the commission at that point, uh, they weren't basically getting paid. So that the, the roots of what happened in 1919 um, mm. came right out of the World Series of um, 1918. I, and I, I found it fascinating, you know, going back in history, that the Cubs played at Comiskey Park in mm. 1918 in the World Series. And in 1914 mm. and 1915, the Red Sox played at Braves Field. Uh, yeah. Because that was also bigger, but the, the the gate receipts for the games in Chicago were about um, thirty thousand dollars a piece. So the, yeah. uh, the and then and then then the, the people, the commission that ran baseball, decided at times not to pay players, and so the roots of uh, not only Jim Bunny and Robin Roberts eventually really finding Marvin Miller and starting the union so many years later, what, 1958 or whatever, um, or 1968. Um, but the route of 1919 was um, the 1918 World Series. That's the voice of Peter Gammons, the Hall of Famer, joining us in Inside the Clubhouse. He's Matt. I'm Bruce. We're here for you 52 weeks out of the year talking baseball on the score on Inside the Clubhouse. Peter, uh, let's fast forward to now. Uh, a lot of speculation about the different models that are out there that Major League Baseball is talking about if and when uh, people can get back together. Uh, people talking about, well, we'll have enough energy with uh, you know, crowds or no crowds, if it is no crowds. But uh, what, what are your thoughts about, about uh, first them getting back? I think we saw about a three-week uh, turnover, turnaround when it was... 1995, and they were coming back from a, a strike lockout. Uh, what are your thoughts about how long it would be for the players and uh, your, your perspective about uh, when you think uh, players themselves would think it would be okay to be in a group with 50 or more? Well, I think that there's a lot to be answered on that, on what happens as this spreads across the country. I mean, we've, we've been told by medical experts, not political campaign uh, leaders, 
but by people who actually have dealt in health and are interested in and and uh, that um i mean we haven't seen the worst yet and the worst is pretty awful in uh in new york and, and new orleans and it's it's getting that way in miami and, and so forth um it it may be longer than, than people think i mean i'm 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 skeptical about playing this season. Uh, I really am, but we'll see. Um, but how much? I, I just think that, that there so much has go on, gone on here that it's going to be hard. I think it's difficult for the players. I think the players want to play so badly, and it's not because of the pay. It's because that's what they do, and that's what they want to do. Um, and essentially, so many of them really can't work out because they can't go into gyms and. You can't gather in groups and so forth. And you know, I, I did see a great video of, of Garrett Cole playing catch with his wife Amy, uh, Amy Crawford Cole, who was an All-American pitcher for a national championship UCLA team. Um, she throws harder than about twenty percent of the pitchers in the big leagues right now. <laughs> but um, that's a workout. But uh, and I know he runs hills all over Orange County, but it's it's very hard for them. And I I think it. it I think they have to hope for a three-week period. But in that three weeks, I think when they come out of it, I think they have to have um, 30 to 32-man rosters to accommodate. You can't have pitchers going out and and throwing seven innings or or six innings right off the bat. It's got to be three innings, five innings. I mean, maybe you have almost 40-man rosters for the first three weeks to a month of, of the season. They did go to um, – they did have 30-man rosters for the first month of the 95 season. So, I mean, this is so different because players were able to work out and so forth. Uh, I think that this might require just going to uh, huge rosters and um, having glorified spring training games for the first three weeks to a month. It, 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 Peter, it's it's such a weird moment, and so many creative possibilities have to be entertained if there is going to be baseball of any kind. I had my doubts about the ability of this sport in particular to have the players and the owners and the commissioner kind of work together and figure things out, but that agreement that they came to makes me think that maybe there is you know, a conciliatory moment here where, where where the powers that be will be able to, to hammer out some possibilities if it even gets to that point. What What is your sense for the tenor of the conversations between the, the factions that matter in terms of being able to make big decisions? Matt, not only are you a great singer, but you made, just made a great point. I, I have been blown away by the ability for both sides to understand, look, if we come back and we're still fighting over money, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's a good way to to just might as well pull the doors down and not let anybody in the ballparks because, and I think that, that, um, the planning and the, uh, the advanced thinking, uh, of the commissioner's office, I know some owners think, well, geez, you know, they, they gave the players a great deal. Who cares? I mean, it, so the players got a good deal here. There's a long way to go on future negotiations. But I, I, I give a lot of credit. I know a couple of teams that are, haven't in the past been great fans of 
uh, Rob Manford, but they they have gone on and on to me about you know he just he understood that um, that it's they have to to think of all possible worst scenarios, and one of them was let's eliminate let's just take the you know, how much money people get out of it and go forward and, and, and reach agreements and then deal with the rest of the issues later. I mean, I, I know that, that, for instance, uh, people, in Bo- some of the writers and, and broadcasters of Boston, well, what, you know, what is he doing? Why hasn't he announced what the Red Sox punishment is? You know what? He's got far more important things to do. I had one person in the Red Sox say to me, you know, I really, I don't think he's really even figured out. He has all the facts, but he, he he hasn't been able to think about that, and and you know, I know from the Red Sox standpoint, they're going. I mean, why should he? He's got far more important things than do the Red Sox lose a first round draft choice or they lose none. You know, I mean that's that can be done. Uh, that can be done three days before the season opening or three days after the season opening. I mean, because uh, the draft, who knows when it will be. So I I think both sides have really laid down the, the armor and said, okay, we're in this together. And I think it's been really positive for the sport. Um, and it's, I, I, I thought this is going to be awful trying to come back. And they, they have reached agreements that I didn't think were possible. So um, it's told me that Rob Manfred and Tony Petiti and that group are a lot smarter than I am. Peter, uh, in closing with you, Matt and I really appreciate your time and wish you and your family and everyone you know the, the greatest of health and, and as much happiness as you can have during these times. Uh, when, you, uh, when you hear uh, guys you know, coming back like Gaddis uh, talking about you know, uh, his part of the Astros thing after he's retired from the game and showing some remorse for it. What, 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 what are your feelings about that at, at this point in time? And uh, do, do, you, do you still think the Astro situation is going to be uh, profoundly there once baseball does start again? I think it will be there. I think that, that it won't be what it would have been if we'd gone right into the season. Um, what's going to be interesting is that um, that press conference that they held um, way back in January, I think told us um, it pulled the covers back on about one fifth of the truth. I think a lot of people lied. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that a lot of people lied, um, and um, there's, they did a very good job getting together, making sure that a coach and a veteran player were the focus of the blame. When clearly the club general manager, who I don't think will ever work again in baseball, uh, all the way down, right down to the people, um, assistant general managers, the rest, um, to the dugout, to the manager's office. I think there's a lot more um, that we're going to find out about. Um, and I, I give a lot of credit to some players. Um, the second baseman never never use any of that stuff. Um, Jose Altuve. But he's taken more heat than anybody, which I find remarkable. He will not ask for, hey, not, we'll, he won't go out and say, hey, look, I didn't do this. 
because he feels that's turning his back on teammates. Now, I've had people say to me, well, that's a little misguided. No, it's about, it's about being what teammates are. And um, I feel badly for Altuve. I don't, you know, I, I think there was clearly, and, and Rob Manfred did say it that day, that there was a culture there that came from me. Uh, do you think Alex Cora and, and Carlos Beltran instilled all the cameras and the lights? No, no, no. It's police. I mean, they're, they're trying to take us for fools. Uh, but uh, it's. I understand why some players have been reticent to speak. They clearly were told, don't speak. Uh, we'll get through this by what we've put out there for the time being. Uh, I do think in the next year, we're going to know a lot more and we'll have a very different view of some of the things that went on there. Peter, thank you so much. Again, stay safe. Stay healthy. And and you, you too, and I hope everyone in Chicago is uh, is is healthy. And uh, I, you know, it would be a great thing if we could all be uh, we back uh, playing and singing in Chicago on the 21st of June. I don't think that will happen, unfortunately, but um, uh, it's uh, it's something we can all dream on because it does so much for so many people, uh, just as baseball does. Yeah, Peter, that, that that hot stove, cool music benefit every year in Boston, every year in Chicago is one of the highlights of, of my calendar and so many other people's that the thing you created is a wonderful thing. And if it doesn't happen in June, uh, we will look forward to the next one and, um, and, uh, and we'll make music again soon. That's for sure. We will. And you know what? Maybe we just do it all on, on, uh, online and for one year and, and, uh, just remind people of, uh, how much the, the, the connection of baseball music and um, social justice is, is evolved. Thanks again. I think Peter. it's a good idea. Appreciate it. It's a good idea. Thanks, Peter. Thanks a lot. Take, take care. Okay. Peter Gammons uh, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. When we come back, John Rooney of the St. Louis Cardinals, his the voice of the Cardinals, along with Mike Shannon, will join us. Talk a little bit about Ed Farmer and his time with him and what's going on with the Cardinals as well. There was some really interesting stuff there on the Astros from Peter um, that I want to follow up with you about when we come back, Bruce. Um, if uh, Because, boy, that's interesting. He's Bruce Levine. It's Inside the Clubhouse. I'm Matt Spiegel. We'll come back. And as he mentioned, John Rooney at the top of the hour right here on 670 The Score. Oh, very nice. A little Pearl Jam on the way back in. Thank you, Adam Stadzinski as Peter Gammons' good friend, Eddie Vedder, and Pearl Jam with a new record out. This is some of the old stuff. But Peter's, Peter's such a good dude and a, a good friend to you, Bruce. Um, and, uh, and his you perspective, as well. Yeah, it's, it, it's nice that he's just such a warm guy um, and, and such a thoughtful guy. His perspective on the Astros thing was fascinating to me because Carlos Correa was the one who said, hey, everybody's on Altuve. I'll tell you this, Altuve's the one guy who never used it. He never used it. And when Correa said that, it was like, wow, really? But it's hard to tell because they were all lying so much. I, yeah. I, I I, wasn't sure whether to believe that. But at Peter, it sounds like, absolutely thinks Altuve well, did not take advantage of it. Over Peter's 55-year career, um, I can't remember too many times when he was wrong. Okay? So that's mm. that's pretty, pretty credible stuff when Peter says he knows for a fact it wasn't Altuve. And... Peter is also the guy 
over the last 10 years has hammered home the idea, I don't want to be first with a story, I want to be right, okay? And that mm -hmm. is that is the ultimate journalist approach to what Peter Gammons does in this business. So when he says it, you better pay attention. Yeah, I, I, I think that's well said. And it, it, it's really interesting. Um, he said that he believes about one-fifth of the truth came out in that January press conference, which was all, it was such a bad moment um, for them as an organization to have them the all owner. lie together like that. Yeah, oh, the, the owner and just, and just all of them. And, and I, I hope that the seriousness of the world situation um, might make uh, people lie less about stuff like that. But maybe that's my maybe that's willfully delusional on my part to think that humanity will improve. From, <laughs> from it it may be, but I, I, I like where you're coming from, Matt. I really do. I appreciate <laughs> it. Because as you say, you try to put a positive spin on things with you know, your knowledge base behind it, not just Pollyannish, but the idea that, uh, you know, there, there is hope out there. And we, we are all holding on to that as we go through these tough times here. When we come back, John Rooney of the St. Louis Cardinals and former partner of Ed uh, Farmers for 14 years joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. And we want you to participate as well at 312-644-6767. Text Matt at 6711. Also next hour, Ron Coomer from the Cubs broadcast team. He can talk with us about what these interactive broadcasts have been like. Again, NLDS game four from 2016 against the Giants coming up later today at 5 p.m. And um, that is, that's, it's been so cool to hear these games, I gotta say. So we'll talk to Coom and you'll hear what life is like for a member of the White Sox right now, a big important member of the White Sox as he deals with what we all are, uh, this paused momentum of a baseball season. It's 6.70 the score, it's inside the clubhouse. He's Bruce Levine, I'm Matt Spiegel. We'll come back with more John Rooney is next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.